Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you this evening, thanking God for this wonderful opportunity that we have to study his word together. Tonight, we are going to continue with the study started in our last lesson uh, last week entitled, Pay Attention, Attend to My Words. And let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit working in us, giving us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that understand for that, for revelation of truth that makes us free. So Lord, we thank you for releasing more grace to help us grow in your knowledge, in your love, in your grace, and be effective stewards of this wonderful inheritance that we have in you. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and continue with our study started last week. Uh, the study is based on the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 20 to 23. I'll go ahead and read that passage. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Well, we noted uh, last week that the NIV, that is the, the New International Version renders verse 20 as follows. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. And we said that the word attend in the King James Version is translated in the NIV as pay attention. Amen. Paying attention to God includes paying attention to our heart. Because God is in the believer's heart by his spirit in us. That is the way that he leads us by his spirit. So we need to be aware of our heart. Amen. Because God does not lead us by our head or our mind, but through our heart. So he tells us to put our attention on his word and the reason why he's telling us that is because there is something else that wants our attention. Uh, God is saying to make sure that what is foremost in our attention is his word. And so we understand that uh, the Bible, the, the world is, um, is full of many voice, of, of voices. Actually, the Bible tells us that there are many voices in the world. And so in Proverbs 4 and verse 20, we are told to attend to the word of God and to incline our ears to his sayings. Amen. In other words, we are to listen to him, although there are other voices in this world that may be trying to talk to us. And um, we are to know that and make sure that we don't listen to everything that talks to us. Um, what, it's not everything that comes to our mind that originated from our mind. 
And we have to learn to recognize when something is from us or whether or not it is not our thought. And when we, when we learn to differentiate between our thoughts, our own thoughts and those that came from an external source, uh, then we'll learn to turn our ears away from the wrong things. Notice again that we are told that we are to incline our ears. Amen. So we have to learn to turn our ear from the wrong things. And God teaches us how to think, amen, uh, right. Um, In other words, to think his word and to have a mind that blesses our lives. Amen. Um, That's how God is going to speak to us and bless us. Amen. Um, So for this, we need to know and remind ourselves that what the word of God says about the mind itself what is the right kind of thinking. We need to pay attention to our thought life and purposefully choose our thoughts. Amen. We must not allow the enemy to force his thought thoughts upon us, but rather we can and we should choose our thoughts. Amen. Uh, if we turn to Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, we see that the the word of God tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Amen. Um, Last last week, we read that verse also from the uh, Amplified Classic. And I would like to do this again right now. Uh, Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. This, uh, I just read that in the King James I'm reading now from the AMPC, and it reads, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Amen. Uh, We are told here, that a sound mind is calm, it is well-balanced, it is disciplined, it is controlled, amen. And so this mind, the the sound mind, does not run off with just any thought uh, and takes off in the wrong direction. You see, the mind can ruin our life if we don't learn to, uh, to practice choosing the right thoughts. And uh, the same as a body that is uncontrolled can ruin our lives. You see, but it does not have to be that way because we have the word of God. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, And by that, uh, we can uh, walk in the light of what the word of God says is ours. And the Lord, we've just read that the Lord has given us a sound mind, amen, uh, that calls for a mind that is submitted to God, uh, a a body that is submitted to God, uh, which means that for the rest of our life, we can live free of what God has not given us 
and he has not given us a spirit of fear so we can live uh, fear-free. Amen. But you see, we have to put a demand on that. We cannot just say we have it and not act on it. Amen. Faith is an action word. So we have to work out. We have to be doers of the word. So we have to put a demand on that, which means that when uh, fear, notice I didn't say if fear comes, it's when, because the enemy tries each and every one of us. When the enemy comes knocking at our door, we must rise up and tell it to leave in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have to answer it and talk to it because it is not ours. God has not given fear to us. What he has given us is love, power, that is authority, that is his anointing, hallelujah, and a sound mind. That is part of our inheritance. And you see, Jesus not only bore sickness and sin, but he bore the torment that the mind carries. Amen. And he did that so that we will never be tormented again. That is if we cooperate with him. Amen. So we've seen that so much of our walking uh, into God's blessings is conditional upon our paying attention to him and being obedient. Uh, God has left less left a lot up to us. Amen. Um, and uh, paying attention will help us hear and choose the right voice. Um, we live in a world full of distractions. Amen. And not only to the regular distraction that comes with everyday life, but man himself has invented all sorts of ways and devices to multiply these distractions a thousandfold. Uh, so the enemy is after our attention because if he can get it, he knows that everything that we have will be his, meaning that our health will be his, our uh, finances will be his, um, our family will be his, our future will be his. Uh, so he knows that also if he cannot get it, then he cannot get our thought life and therefore cannot act what he wants to do uh, in the life of each and every one of us, which Jesus himself says in John 10, 10, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you see, he can, the enemy can only get entrance where he has, he's given a place. And our attention is what gives him a place. And that's why God keeps warning us uh, and keeps equipping us by reminding us that we have to attend to his words. Amen. That's why he wants our attention, particularly when faced with uh, a difficulty or a problem. Amen. Because this is where the solution lies. Amen. In the word of God. So we see that um, first and foremost, we have to put our attention on the word of God by turning our ear or inclining our ear unto the sayings of God. Amen. The word incline means to lean or bend in a particular direction. So we lean toward what God is saying and we lean away from what the enemy is saying. Amen. Uh, whatever direction we lean is the direction we are going to go. 
so no wonder Jesus told the disciples um, that uh, he was going to be, <clears throat> when Jesus told the disciples that he was going to be taken away from them, <clears throat> he had to uh, actually answer a comment that Peter made um, in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, we are going to turn to that passage, Matthew 16 from verse 21 to 23. Amen. We see that Jesus answered Peter's comment. Um, let's read those verses, uh, Matthew 16, verses 21 to 23. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he, that is Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. For thou severest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, what happened here? We see that Jesus had to turn away from Peter. Uh, in other words, turning his back to the wrong words by telling Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He was not calling uh, Peter Satan, but he was saying that the words that Peter was, were, uh, was speaking then were not inspired by his father. So rebuking Peter, Jesus turned toward what God the Father had already told him, inclining his ear to God the Father. And this is what faith does. It turns its back to the wrong word. And this is something that we must we all must learn to do, amen, to put behind us anything that is not of God, meaning that we don't give our attention to it, amen. Um, you know, sometimes we may have to, to physically turn away from something and say, this is not my thought. You know, we have to answer the enemy, speak to the enemy, amen, because he is speaking very loudly in our mind, and we have to learn to silence him with words, amen. Um, we cannot turn away from anything that is negative if we allow it uh, to roam in our mind. Um, we must learn to take our mind off of the wrong thoughts, that is the enemy's suggestions, and put our mind on something else on purpose. Amen. We have to do this on purpose and live our lives on purpose. Amen. And so where would we put our mind? Hallelujah. We put it on the word. We put it on praising God. We put it on what is good. Amen. So inclining our ear means to lend, I'm sorry, to lean or to bend a particular direction. Um, and that direction is in God's direction. Amen. Uh, this is what God is calling us to do. Um, you see, the enemy is very clever, very deceptive, and um, he will use any means to get us to think the wrong thoughts. And oftentimes he will use 
our loved ones. Amen. And this is where we have to display uh, strength and boldness as we make the right choice. Amen. Um, there are times that we have to turn away from people who don't understand uh, why we are not listening to them. Uh, we have to you know, stick to God with what he's saying and protect our hearing, protect our heart from, because out of our heart will flow, flow the issues of our life, as we are told in Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Amen. So notice, as we go back uh, now to verse 21, Proverbs 4, um, we are instructed uh, to attend, amen, to his sayings, the sayings of God. And then the next thing is that we are told to let the, to not let the word depart from our eyes. Amen. Um, so we have to, by faith, uh, see what God sees and hear what God has said to us concerning our life and the situations of our life. Amen. Um, so this is going to require that we do not walk by our senses. Amen. Um, so attending to God, God's word involves our eyes, what we are going to keep in front of us. So this is not referring to our, this verse is not referring to our natural eyes, but to our eyes of faith. Uh, and we see also that is also going to in, involve our ears, uh, what we are going to uh, turn to. Amen. Um, and you see, because when we are in a fight of faith, um, there is no room for anything else. Amen. But what God says. Amen. So uh, we are to keep this word uh, according to verse 21. Um, of Proverbs 4, he says, keep the word in the midst of your heart. Amen. And so we have to make sure that we drive the spirit of truth, uh, the, the truth of God's word that is um, into our heart. So it's not enough to mentally uh, agree with the word or just memorize it. We have to drive the word into our spirit by meditating on it, by speaking it over and over and over and by being doers of the word. Hallelujah. Um, this is not that we're trying to force God, you know, coerce God into anything, but we want the word to abide in us. Amen. John chapter 7, uh, I'm sorry, 15 tells us that we are to abide in the word and the word must abide in us. Uh, actually, uh, James chapter one and verse 21 tells us that the word must be engrafted in us. Amen. Um, actually, let's go ahead and turn to that verse. James chapter one and verse 21. It tells us that we are to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice that um, it's not speaking about, uh, you know, just the word that, you know, we appreciate or just, you know, the word that we choose to memorize. No, it's speaking about 
the engrafted word, hallelujah, um, because only the engrafted word can live and can be operational in our life. Amen. It is the engrafted word that is able to save our soul. You know, we cannot uh, live by head knowledge of something that we have memorized. It has to be made part of our heart. It has to be driven into our spirit and made one with us. So we see that the instructions of Proverbs 4, verses 20 and 21, then involve our whole being. It's our ears, it's our eyes, it's our heart. Amen. And, uh, and then again, James 1 talks about being doers of the word, verse 25, being doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving ourselves. Amen. And so it is the doers of the word that are blessed in their deeds. So it is our, you know, an involvement of our whole being. And, you know, as those things are being addressed, the, the involvement of our whole being, of our ears, our eyes, our heart, amen, we will find that what uh, verse 22 of uh, Proverbs 4 uh, tells us will work for us, amen. So after we are told to do all of that, um, then it goes on to say, after that, we are supposed to keep the word in the midst of our heart. Amen. Verse 22 says, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Amen. Um, consequently, it's crucial for us to know that our attention is a vital part of the word of God, uh, uh, you know, doing its work in our lives. Um, and yes, it is true that in this life, we're going to see and hear a lot of things, but ultimately, we are the ones to decide what we fix our attention on. You know, um, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says that we are to be sober, we are to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. So you see, the enemy doesn't come to have, uh, you know, tea with us, you know, party. His goal is to devour and he's seeking whom he can devour. So there are positions that we can take that will prevent him to have access to our life and to devour us. Amen. If we remember the example, for example, uh, of um, David, um, and that's in the physical realm. David fought with lion, he fought with bear, amen. Um, and, um, and he successfully won the, 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 the combat between, uh, that he had with the bear and the lion. So uh, just think of it, uh, bears and lion, when they come attacking, uh, they don't come you know, very, very quietly. Yeah, they may be roaming around quietly, but then, you know, spiritually uh, speaking, they make uh, uh, lots of noise in, 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 in our mind, amen, coming against us. There is a lot of sound at their approach um, because, again, uh, the idea is to intimidate their prey, amen, um, 
and so we have to keep in, line, in mind that in this life, we will, we're going to hear a lot of threatening sounds, as I'm sure David had heard from the bear and from the lion. We will hear the enemy throw many threatening words at our mind, um, whether it has to do with our uh, family or it has to do with our health or with our finances or our relationships. There are different sounds that the enemy will make because his agenda is, you know, those three things that Jesus says, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's all he knows how to do. And so we have to learn not to be afraid of what we hear. Um, and regrettably, that's where many Christians miss it, uh, you know, because they heard something, um, because they felt something. Uh, you know, you feel sometimes the working of the spirit of fear, trying to uh, find a place in your mind. And so uh, we must not believe the lies of the enemy, nor pay attention to the feelings of fright that are attached to the enemy's lies. Uh, the only responsibility God has given us is to focus on his word and to speak back to the enemy and command him to live in the name of Jesus. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says that we are to not to look at the things which are seen in the natural, that is, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, the word says, are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. And so we have to come to a place where we decide uh, which report we are going to believe. Are we going to believe the report of the Lord or the report of the enemy or the report of the world. And let's not forget that the world is under the control of the enemy. So the only way that we can really uh, aspire and hope to have good things in, in life is by attending to the word of God, that only his report must we believe and focus on because his word has our victory. And along with that, during the time that we're going through, the valley, amen, uh, of what David calls the valley of the shadow of death. We are walking in it with a peaceful mind. This is what the word of God has for us, amen, our victory along with a peaceful mind. You know, if um, we were to think about um, Adam and Eve, amen, um, they, they were brilliant people. Uh, they were made in the image and likeness of God, and they, they communed every day with him. Um, and yet, we see that uh, they fell from glory because they paid attention. They took heed to what the serpent told them. Um, you know, there are certain things which, though they may appear intellectually correct, they engender questions and doubt in our heart, in our mind. And um, knowledge that is of God um, ministers faith to our heart and mind. And this is what we always have to remember. If anything uh, causes us to question the word of God or brings doubt in our mind, then we have to re realize that this is not God speaking to us. Um, the word of God edifies us. The word of God strengthens us. Amen. It ministers faith 
to us. So uh, we ought to feed on such uh, knowledge, amen, uh, knowledge of the word and uh, keep receiving more and more of it and focus on it. Uh, as we do that, God talks to us. God directs us. He builds us. Amen. Um, but on the other hand, there are things that are damaging uh, to us uh, spiritually. Um, and it, it's foolishness to, to, to listen to those things. And going back to Adam and Eve, uh, it is probable that um, they, they failed um, because um, they knew they were brilliant. Uh, they knew that, uh, you know, they, they, they commune with God. They had such knowledge. However, they might have come to a place where they thought that they could listen to something that was contrary to God, uh, to God's word, to the knowledge that God had imparted into, to them and still be okay. And um, maybe they thought they could handle all of that without any kind of negative effect in their lives. Uh, you know, sometimes you come to a place where you, where, where, where you, we think that, oh, we know it all. Well, no, uh, when we do that, uh, we underestimate the cleverness um, and, and the cunningness of the enemy. And uh, that could be what, ha what happened to Adam and Eve, we don't know, but sometimes you wonder, they lived in a perfect environment, they were sinless, and yet they allowed themselves to come to that place where, you know, they entertain conversation with the enemy and, um, and you know, showed a sign of weakness uh, in them that they, that they were not as strong as they thought they were. Um, because if they were that strong, they, all they should have done is to tell the enemy to keep quiet and walk away from the enemy, turn their back, incline their ear only on what God had said. But they inclined their ears to what Satan was saying. And so we realized that they had already yielded um, even before in their mind, before they acted on the serpent's words. Amen. And um, that is that uh, they, they, they had yielded in a sense that they gave the enemy the opportunity to sow all that junk in their mind, all those negative seeds. And um, to the point where they came to the, um, you know, to, to the conclusion that God did not have their best interest at heart. Um, they considered the words of the enemy that God was withholding something good from them and even considered that um, by committing an act of rebellion against God, that would put them in a better place. Um, so this means that they had already yielded in their mind even before they carried out their act of disobedience. Amen. So this reminds us again that there are many things that we, we don't need to see or hear, because even to consider these things means that they are already working in us. Amen. So we have to keep a pure heart and a pure mind before God, uh, not for God's sake, but for our sake. Amen. Um, the enemy, the enemy strategy is to mm, pressure us into reasoning with him. That's one of his, uh, of his strategies. Um, 
but we should not. Let's remember that he's been alone a lot longer than we have. He's a master at deception. Um, and so he'll play with us. He'll talk about uh, things that we don't know. He'll even quote scriptures. Um, and he, all the meanwhile, his cohorts, his representatives are following us and building a case against us. Um, you see, the enemy knows what we don't know in many instances. Um, for example, he knows our weak, weak spots. Um, he's been watching us. And if we listen to him uh, and we give heed to his lies, then we will be defeated. Amen. Um, you see, only the truth can put us over. And the truth is the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I'm going to turn um, to Colossians. Um, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. I believe we read that um, from the Amplified last time. Um, let me first read it from the King James, and then I will read it from the Amplified. Um, Colossians 3.15 in the King James says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Amen. Now let me turn to the Amplified and read that passage. And let the peace, soul, harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, act as an empire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. And in that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Amen. Um, so notice it says, let the peace of God. Amen. Let the peace of God. Uh, we are to let that peace rule in us. That means that the concept of choice is real. We have that choice. Amen. We can choose to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Our free will does exist. Amen. And we are able to stand outside of ourselves when we decide to live by God's word, which is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, did um, in last week's um, class. Uh, I had stated two um, verse, I mean, two places where Paul uh, made a comment. Actually, I will go back to that verse, but let me finish this um, in saying that, um, you know, we do have a free will and we are able to stand outside of ourselves and observe our own thinking through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and the word of God working in us. Hallelujah. Um, and we are able to consult with God and we are able to change uh, the negative thoughts, the toxic thoughts that we have and um, allow the word of God and um, grow us um, and replace all these negative things with positive and healthy thoughts. Amen. 
I mentioned the Apostle Paul because uh, one of the examples that I give uh, last week is from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, where Paul says that he has learned, learned to content. Amen. In whatever condition he is, he says he has learned to be content. And Paul was writing this from uh, prison. Amen. And he was not saying that he was happy or, you know, being content for being in prison, but he was saying that he was content while he was in prison, meaning that he was not going to wait for his circumstances to change before he could live in that place of contentment, in that place of peace. Amen. He was not waiting uh, for the circumstances to change before he believed for victory. And right there, he's saying that I am not disturbed. I am not disquieted. Although physically I may be in a prison, but my spirit is not bound. Amen. I have the choice. I have, you know, free will to make up my mind and live by the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in me. So we see that based on God's word, we know that we can choose to focus on his word and think the way he wants us to think. Amen. Um, This is what the Bible calls putting part of putting on the new man which God is not going to do for us. We have to do it uh, to, you know, to ourselves because we have the ability to do so. Um, we are new creations in Christ. Amen. Uh, we have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit living in us to help us to get to that place that God has, has for us. So um, through the, the Holy Spirit, uh, we can observe. He can allow us to see ourselves, amen, uh, our own thoughts and action and make decisions about them. Um, and realizing that we are equipped to do so enables us to rise up and uh, to take all thoughts into captivity and to renew our mind. Hallelujah. You know, because the Bible calls us to take, you know, to pull down strongholds, to cast down imaginations. Amen. Our own image, not other people's, it's our own. So we must be able to see them. And this is what the word of God, you know, working with, you know, the Holy Spirit inside of us will do. We'll bring these things to our awareness so that we can rise up and bring all those negative thoughts into captivity. Allow the word of God to renew our mind as we learn to cast our cares upon God. Hallelujah. And we learn not to be anxious about anything. So uh, truly our thoughts are of the utmost importance. And uh, we have to remember, uh, you know, at every moment to live our life on purpose. Why? Because we are thinking beings created in God's image with the ability to think and to choose. We have the power to imagine as well as uh, the faculty to define and establish reality. Amen. And so when we choose life, we define the reality of our life. And as a result, uh, you know, we, we, we experience God's promise, which is life in abundance. This is the reality that we have defined for ourselves and we live to experience it. 
Amen. So like the Apostle Paul, when we get to a difficult uh, and dark, uh, a wrong place, uh, whether, you know, it's something that, you know, we may have done, um, you know, or some, most of it, you know, I mean, if truly we're working in the world of word of God, um, is things that the enemy has set up against us, some, oftentimes through other people. Um, you know, the Lord wants us to know that we're not to give up our victory, no matter how we got there. Um, and let it be established in our heart and mind that victory is not about the devil leaving us alone. Amen. I think I will stress that point last time. Amen. It is learning how to be calm, how to be tranquil uh, in the midst of whatever the enemy is doing. Um, but unfortunately, um, so many people are just focused on what the enemy is doing, but they forget that God in us is even greater. Amen. He is present. The greater one is in us. Amen. And the only way that the enemy, um, you know, the only way he can be noticed is by, is by being loud, by making all this noise. Amen. Making all these threats, as we mentioned a little while ago. Um, and, um, you know, he shows up with his, all his talk, all feelings with circumstances that are so loud so that he can get our attention through that loudness. But we have to focus on the strong one who is in us. Amen. The strong one doesn't need to be loud because he is already a victor. He has already stripped Satan of his authority. He's already defeated him totally. Amen. So we have to remind ourselves that Satan is a defeated foe. And the only way he can intimidate us is to keep increasing the volume and get louder and louder. Um, and by that, I'm talking about the volume of feelings that he may throw our way or wrong thoughts um, because he's, you know, he wants us to be distracted from the greater one who is inside of us. So um, on the basis of who we are in Christ, we have what it takes to just um, dismiss the enemy, amen, and not focus on what we're feeling or the symptoms or the emotions or whatever the enemy tries to throw against us, depression, or oppression, you know, all that he does will never diminish the greatness of the greater one in us. Hallelujah. And that is why we are to stay focused on God, on his word. Amen. And this is what a sound mind does. A sound mind remembers that it is not, you know, the victory is not about uh, getting the devil to leave us alone because that's not our job. But it, our job is to continue to hold fast to the word of God in the face of opposition. Hallelujah. And to know what to say and what to do and what action to take as we are led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to read from uh, Psalm 23. Amen. Uh, we all know that uh, that Psalm, um, at least, or at least most of us know this, that, that Psalm. And um, actually, let me go ahead and, and read it. It's a very short Psalm. 
um, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Notice that the Lord says that he restores our soul. Hallelujah. Um, how does he restore our soul? He does it by renewing our mind with his word as we feed on his word. Amen. He's restoring our soul. But I would, what I would like to focus on now, uh, for lack of time, we are just going to look at um, verse 5, where he tells us, he, the Bible tells us, Thou prepareth a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Amen. Notice that it's not about the enemy not being present. You know, he has a right to be on this earth uh, until Adam's list runs out. The Bible calls him the God of this world. Amen. And so the time will come when he's removed from the earth. But until then, he is on the earth and he has a right to be here. But he does not have the right to rule or govern over the born again, over, you know, govern the mind of the born again believer. Why? Because the born again believer no longer belongs to his kingdom. Um, Therefore, the believer's job is not to try to get rid of Satan, but to demonstrate his mastery over the enemy. Amen. See, we've been given total authority and forces that are far above what the enemy can launch against us. And as we said earlier, the enemy only has uh, or gets credibility when we give him our attention. So. We need to focus on the thought that he is a defeated foe. And every time circumstances show him, show up uh, that he throws against us, we must know that they came from a defeated foe, that they cannot win. Amen. And if we remember the right thing to think and the right thing to do, then we will always, hallelujah, have the victory. Uh, so going back to Psalm 23 and verse 5, that says that, you know, thou preparest a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. We have to see that God has already prepared something for us, even though enemies are present. And so he gave us something that is very good to be occupied with. He's given us the table of his word, the table of his blessings. Uh, and he wants us to stay occupied with what he has provided for us. You see, that the, the victory that is ours is on that table. The healing power of God is on the table. Um, these things are on the table of uh, our redemption. Um, peace is on the table. Joy is on the table. Um, knowledge, wisdom, all the answers that we need are on the table. The help that we need, they are all on the table. Amen. 
And so there is so much that God has provided that it would take the rest of our life, you know, to really, and just even, you know, fathom all these wonderful things that God has made available for us that are right there before us. So why waste time um, giving attention to what is behind us, which is the enemy? Amen. We have a seat at the table of God's blessing and provision, and the devil has no part of it. Actually, he's got, he, all he can do is sit and look, stand there and look at us enjoy these blessings if we only know that we should not give any attention to the enemy and focus only on what God has for us. But you see, the enemy wants to draw us away from our place at the table, and we must not give him that, the opportunity to do that. Amen. Uh, we must walk around with that sound mind which God has given us. Um, and it, the, the, the sound mind, re, you know, realizes that uh, the, the, the what on, what's on the table that God has for us uh, is not worry and fear, but rather it is great provision and abundance. And so we have to respond to that table. We have to take part of it, amen, by trusting in the Lord, by keeping our eyes on him, by speaking his words, hallelujah, by meditating on his word and by following up with actions of, you know, of faith, being doers of the word, hallelujah. The actions that we take, all these things play a role in partaking at uh, the table that God has prepared for us. Amen. Um, before I close, I would like to just um, quickly go, you know, give an example of partaking of what's on the table um, and the blessings that, you know, we, we derive from that um, based on, you know, back when we look at the children of Israel that were going, that were leaving Egypt, they were leaving um, that place of um, bondage where they had been to go, you know, to the, you know, the, the land that God had promised them, place of freedom. Amen. And so uh, God had told Moses to give them instructions um, that they must, um, you know, kill a lamb that would be the Passover lamb and eat all of it and put the blood on the doorpost. And uh, as they did that, the spirit that, would, that came uh, would pass over their home and not touch them be, be, because the spirit, the, the spirit of death um, could not go into a place where the blood was. And so um, what I would like to, for us to note is that um, the Bible tells us that when the children of Israel left Egypt, they did as Moses had, in, had instructed them, and not one of them uh, was touched by the angel of death. And not only that, it says that not one of them was feeble among them, regardless of age or whatever condition they might have been born with or what they might have suffered before. That night uh, of the Passover, as they ate, all that um, 
was in front of them. Amen. The Passover lamb, um, they had put the blood on their doorposts and they had eaten the lamb. Something supernatural happened. Amen. All of them got healed. The Bible says that not one of them was feeble. Amen. And notice that they were slaves who had been working, you know, um, over time. Let's put it this way. They were overworked, mishandled. They were abused. And yet, um, even if they had been sick before, but from that point on, they left Egypt having partaken of the Passover lamb. Amen. And they were all healed and enjoying divine health. Hallelujah. They ate what was on the table that night. Amen. And um, they were healed supernaturally. And just think of it, our own covenant, we are uh, now living in the in a better covenant established upon better promises, we are told. Amen. In the book of Hebrews chapter 8. And so we must eat of these promises. Um, eat of the healing verses that we have. Um, Proverbs 4, we just, we read that, verses 20 to 22 speaks of that, about the word of God being health and medicine to all of our flesh, amen. We ought to eat that word by partaking of that table that God has before us, the temple of our redemption, amen. And be occupied with what's on the table, with what God has provided for us and not what the enemy is trying to do, amen, or he's trying to distract us, throwing, uh, you know, against us. But we ought to keep our attention uh, with what God has given us, what is our inheritance, amen. And so we must live our lives skillfully uh, in the mastery of our authority in Christ. Hallelujah. And finally, uh, this last verse here, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6 says, He that saith that he abides in him, that is Christ, ought himself also to walk as he walked. Amen. So we see that as we give heed to the word of God, as we attend to him, what we are doing, we are continually, persistently walking with him. And that in itself produces a life that is like his. So in other words, we will walk even as Christ did walk with holiness and with power because we are paying attention, we are attending to him. Amen. He is the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you, oh Lord, for helping us realize the responsibility and the impact of how paying atten attention and attending to your word shapes our thinking, oh God, and the resultant choices that we make, which have ramifications affecting not only ourselves, that is our spirit, our soul, our body, but also every other aspect of our lives and the people around us. Lord, we thank you for the grace 
to follow the example of Paul, to learn to be content, oh God, in whatever situation that we are, Father God. Because, Lord, we thank you that your thoughts and the leading of your Holy Spirit is all that we need so we can experience the abundant life that you have in store for us. Father, we thank you for such a great salvation. And we also thank you that because of Christ in us, we are able to define and establish the reality of our own lives. And we are able to achieve the success that you have ordained for us, even from the foundation of the world, for the glory of your holy name and for our own rejoicing. Lord, we give you all glory, all honor, and all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and evermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for this wonderful word that he has for us today. And we invite you to be with us next week at the same time. Bless you and have a good night.